Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Chats with Brent Martineau. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Hope you had a fantastic Memorial Day weekend. Brett Martineau along with Casey Chris, Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690. While I was setting up for radio, just saw some news out of JU that uh, Mindy McCord, longtime coach at Jacksonville University, uh, will join the University of South Florida uh, Athletic Department as their first head coach in women's lacrosse. We just had Mindy on a couple weeks ago, made the NCAA tournament. Congratulations uh, to the McCords, and that's pretty cool news. Uh, she uh, is moving on to the University of South Florida. Not great news for JU. She built a heck of a program over there. So there we go. We're throwing some women's lacrosse to start the program. There we go. Here on a Tuesday. There we go. What's up, Casey? How are we doing? What up? Chilling. I guess when you said, is anything breaking? And I said, no, that was the wrong answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, I was kind of thinking from a national perspective. And then, boom, first thing I saw on Twitter over the last half hour, that actually came out about a half hour ago, was Mindy McCord. Whoa, it's hot out here. But we are live at St. John's Golf and Country Club down in St. John's County, part of our Dream 18 tour, our Dream 18 discount card. I like to go to the courses that are part of our card. Uh, it kind of is convenient for me today, as well as uh, Kaylee and the Creekside softball team will have their softball banquet tonight. So uh, I'll go right from here to in there, and I probably should be in there right now because it's air-conditioned in there. Uh, but I want to give you a look at the golf course. I don't mind sweating uh, out here. Uh, for you, Brent Martineau, Casey Kurtz back together. Casey coming off the cruise. I'm coming off a little holiday weekend as well. There Got away go. for a little bit. It was it was refreshing to get away, wasn't it, Casey? Oh, who are you telling, Brent? I was mad chilling. Didn't think about the show not one time. No offense. Hope <laughs> no, it went that's well. Wrong. Um, I, I was chilling, man. Uh, had a good week, you know, living life, floating around in the uh, Atlantic Ocean, I do believe, uh, checking out some islands and such. So, yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, so, okay, tell us a little bit more. We'll get into it. I don't usually like to go, what did you do this weekend as uh, the lead to the show? But it's a little different. On the cruise, honeymooning, um, you're still married, so that's Still married, good. yep. Uh, you even got to your honeymoon, which was a little delayed. But uh, where'd you go? How was it? How much did you eat? Oh, Brent. So um, I may or may not have sent you a DM from Amanda's phone. Uh, when we got there, <laughs> we hit the food pretty hard. Uh, when I say we, I mean me. Um, it might have been a bit too hard because then I napped. I don't really remember much the rest of the day from that point. But, uh, yeah, it, it, a lot of good food. Um, you know, seven days is a very long time on a cruise, yes. so the food does get repetitive a little bit. So by the last day, um, you know, it, it became a lot. But, listen, when it comes to food, you know I'm going to power through one way or another. Uh, but where did we go? We went to the Dominican Republic for one day. We went to St. Thomas one day. Uh, the Bahamas one day, and then, oh, um, I always mess this one up. It's not actually called Tortilla, but it's something like that. It's an island in the uh, British Virgin Islands. Amanda always makes fun of me, so I'm sure I'll get a text here in a second what it's actually called. But, um, you know, did that, had some at-sea days, had had a good time. I told you a little earlier on the phone, but I'll tell the people. uh, My favorite part was when we were in St. Thomas, there was this, uh, I, I didn't, Tortola. See, Amanda already texted me. Tortola. She's quick today. Yeah, she, she's she's listening. It's all I guess. over it. I guess so, because she knew I was going to butcher it to start the show. But uh, it was pretty cool because, like, St. Thomas and, uh, hold on, what'd she say? Tortola uh, are, like, islands that I guess I didn't really expect, but there's, like, a lot of, like, hills and such. Mm. Like, I didn't really see that coming. I don't know, coming from flat Florida, I guess, but the whole thing was just hills and mountains. It was pretty cool. So, anyway, 
in St. Thomas, they had this sky ride. And it was sort of sketch, but sort of not. You know, we made it up and down. It was fine. Um, <laughs> Amanda, back. I made it, yeah. Amanda was scared. But um, that was, I think, the coolest part. I posted a picture on my Twitter. But you could literally see, like, the whole entire city part of St. Thomas we were at and, like, the island. It was so cool. Uh, it was a really good view. So that was my favorite part. But, yeah, man, a lot of grubbing. Uh, a lot of chilling. Did some hooping as well. Oh, did, did some gamble. gambling, Brent. Come on now. Uh, lose. How much did I lose? Did you win or lose? Uh, I think we won. I think we ended up in the plus. Amanda, not a big gambler, right? So when I would be gambling, she'd be like in my ear saying, like, you should cash out. I'm like, Amanda, I'm up a dollar and 55 cents. Why would I cash out? So I had to power. She didn't want to lose money, right? So I had to power through. Um, yeah. That's I ended up winning her money. She took all the money because they pay you out in cash, right? So she took it all. I uh, didn't see any of that money. So I, I guess in a weird way I lost, but Amanda won. So uh, yeah, did some gambling. Good time, Brent. Overall, good time. I, I don't think Amanda would hate the cruise. She doesn't like. She doesn't drink and she doesn't gamble. Oh yeah, but she loves the cruise, and I don't get it either. To be honest with you, I will give Amanda some props. Uh, the people that good don't know, she's yeah, she um, she's kind of a nerd a little bit, and she they did this thing every morning at 9 a.m. We went every single morning, Brent. 9 a.m. I was not thrilled about it. It was Sudoku on, like, a big old screen, right? And Sudoku is oh, yeah. a game with the numbers, and I don't get it at yeah, all. Yeah. And Amanda was determined to win, and you had to be the first person to finish and be right. And, like, 20 or so people tried or more every day. And sure enough, she won on, like, Wednesday. So she was very proud of that. Awesome. I want to give her her credit good for, for winning. You. Very good. A winner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. And in return, uh, she got a cards. Is that what she got playing cards? That was her prize, yes. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, well, at least she didn't get a free drink. She wouldn't have drank it. That is true. Uh, <laughs> um, I was actually at the casino, the Hard Rock Casino, for a couple of days, and I yeah. gambled for about five minutes. That's it? I was actually, like, disappointed in myself. Because, yeah, Hard Rock's so, like, pretty I nice. Played, Tampa, right? <laughs> Steph Lake will like to play Casino War. It was 25 bucks to play Casino War. You know why we play Casino War, in, uh, or she does especially, is um, because you can play for, like, hours usually. Yeah. And, and But usually it's like 10 bucks a hand or 5 bucks a hand. It was 25 bucks a hand, though. Jeez. That was the cheapest one. It was like a Saturday night. So um, so anyway, we didn't play for very long. Got I out pretty quick. Lost like 100 bucks oh, on, the, on the whole on the whole like weekend. Like, that was it. Like, I was in there for two days and gambled. I, I, I realized, I was like, I like, like, I like gambling. I like those things. But mm -hmm. I like the roulette wheel. They don't have that in Florida. Right. Uh, so they have slot, a ton of slots. I don't, I'm not a slot guy. I just don't play slots. I'm not, like, good enough, I don't think, at blackjack. And what I fear on blackjack is the guy that's super serious or a woman that's super serious that I'm playing next to, mm -hmm. and they get mad because I'm screwing up the cards because I'm like, hit me, you know, <laughs> when I'm not supposed to. Yeah. That's what I was playing. I'm just there to try to win 100 bucks or lose 100 bucks, and that's it. Sure. They're there probably, like, trying to – uh, who knows? So hopefully not there to pay a mortgage or something, but um, you you at least do. taking it more serious than I am. Yeah. So anyway, not a lot of gambling uh, for me. Yeah, that's uh, so, unfortunate. Hard Rock's nice, though, I have right? some observations. Yeah, you know, it was really cool. Like, yeah, obviously the kids can be there for a pool and mm -hmm. all that stuff, and they have a lot of other things. Um, but we tried it out. Yeah, it was good. It was good uh, overall. You know, hotels are expensive all over the place now. We're doing summer ball, and it doesn't matter what hotel you stay in right now. It's super expensive. Yeah, I believe that. It's like that. this weird time, in, in, and I'm not an economic. Inflation, gas prices are super high, all this stuff. And yet, like, everything's so pricey anyway. Like, 
like hotels. Like that's not a pro. That's not being made. Like I get inflation. Why like bread might be more. You know. Yeah. But I guess inflation impact. In my mind, it doesn't impact like staying at a hotel. But it does. Yeah, I guess you're right. I'll tell you this. Um, they had a Starbucks on the boat, right? And uh, we had that a couple times. And I'll tell you, the uh, inflation must have hit the Starbucks on the boat. My, oh really? Yo, oh my goodness! How much? Oh, I paid I paid six dollars for a coffee uh, at the at the Hard Rock. Yeah, I was paying like I think we paid like seven. Because here's how it works: they put twenty percent tip on everything, like it's non-negotiable. Oh yeah. So you're already paying like the higher yeah the you're paying like higher fee, um, and then you know the twenty percent doesn't help. I will say this though: this is kind of funny. You'll laugh. I'm gonna put Amanda on blast here. This is also one of my favorite parts of the trip. Uh, she gets, like, sweet tea lemonade from Starbucks when she doesn't get coffee, and she gets it, like, sweetened with, like, the syrup or whatever. And they were out of it on, like, day three or something. So the next day we go back, and Amanda asks them, did you guys get the syrup in? I said, Amanda, how would they get the syrup? We're on a boat in the middle of the ocean. Who's <laughs> bringing it? Did you see a helicopter? So I hate to put um, her on blast there, but that was hey, hilarious. Hey, Amanda, I'm with you. Amanda, drones, I agree. Drones fly in the syrup. <laughs> Can't do it. That could happen. It didn't. It Why obviously not? didn't because they were still out. Um, all right. More on this. I do have some observations, by the way. I went to a couple of Tampa games uh, against yeah. the Yankees. Um, also have some other observations. But I want to talk some sports. I don't want to get all in our, our trips. I did for a few minutes. But uh, Jags back on the practice field today with OTAs. I've uh, got a conversation with Travis Etienne. See a little on TV tonight. We'll play it for you in its entirety this week sometime. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Cam Robinson. Uh, not there uh, for, I would assume, a second week in a row uh, while we were there. He, he didn't go to OT number, OTA number one. A couple of people didn't, like Trayvon Walker, Will Richardson Jr., some others. Does it bother you at all that Cam Robinson uh, – these are voluntary, right? So, to be honest with you, it doesn't bother me. I don't think it bothers Doug Peterson a bit. But it's just kind of an interesting dynamic. Cam Robinson, the center of a lot of the offseason attention in terms of getting paid. Franchise tag then got paid and – now not at these voluntary sessions. Like, does that bother people? Again, I'm not telling you it bothers me because it really doesn't. I think these things are fun for us to go see a couple of them, but I think they're completely overrated. I've long said that. And so this is not me criticizing Cam Robinson, although if you want to criticize him, go nuts. Uh, he doesn't care. He's got millions. Um, but I, it, I just thought of it today. I'm like, I wonder if that will bother Jags fans. Like, does that bother people? And, I, again, i got to be clear. I've heard, like, this stuff, as a former player, I don't think it bothers Doug Peterson. Um, I, I think he wants most of his team there. If he could have his team there, he'd like his team there. All coaches would. But I don't think this is, like, a topic. It's not, like, an internal discussion a lot. And so I was just curious uh, if it bothers you. Does it bother you any, Casey? Uh, well, let me, let me first ask you this. Is there anybody else of note not there? Uh, well, last week it was a trade. I, I don't know. We didn't even do it. I didn't do attendance today, but I know he was gone. Uh, Trayvon Walker last week, Will Richardson last week, Jake Luton, he was back this week. Trayvon was there today, so or, or the rest of the week too. Um, and, again, remember now, some of these are closed, so we're not seeing some of the practices mm-hmm. like the other couple last week and the other couple coming up this week. So, yeah, I don't think the – I think the masses are there. All uh, right? Yeah. And so – they just made a big investment in their left tackle to the point where Jawan Taylor's working over at left tackle now a little bit today. So that's of note. Um, 
because he could be working into a swing position. I think Walker Little has the head start to get that right tackle job. And so now what for Jawan Taylor? Could certainly be a conversation as we head toward training camp. Um, so, yeah, I mean, listen, uh, at least a couple of the, the four OTAs, he's not back, he's not here, but he did just get paid. Should he be here? Yeah, I'll say to the original question, does it bother me? No, not really. Um, I understand the argument he just got paid, and he deserved to be paid. Good for him. But, no, I mean, it's voluntary. Uh, it's a it's a tough season anyway. You might add some stuff planned. I'm sure there's no holdout situation here, obviously, because he just got paid. And to be honest with you, what does he have to learn in the new offense? I still got to block the guy in front of me. Um, you know, I'm still probably working out. I don't anticipate Cam Robinson coming in extremely overweight or anything like that when he does come in. So, no, doesn't bother me. It's voluntary. Uh, we'll see what happens when he does show up, uh, when he has to be here. And as long as he's in good shape, then I don't think anybody will care. This will just kind of go away. Yeah, it's just yeah. Again, it's it's. I'm probably making it a bigger issue than I definitely am. Uh, I'm not even making the issue. I just thought it was an. It crossed my mind today, so I'm sharing it with you um, out there because I, I yeah. Well, I did. I just once I heard that I was like, oh, alarm. Listen, guys miss all the time, and we go back to the time where Tom Coughlin said uh, we want 100 percent, right? And that started everything to kind of unfold in a manner that ended up not being so good. For the Jacksonville Jaguars, he was specifically talking at the time to Telvin Smith and, and Jalen Ramsey for not being there, and you can't do that. Uh, this is, uh, again, I have heard internally, Doug Peterson is not making these things a big issue, um, and I, I think that comes from the former player perspective. Uh, but I, I really just wonder from a fan perspective. I'm more interested in that because fans have an interesting temperature on this stuff sometimes. First of all, I don't think fans necessarily love the Jags' offensive line to begin with. I also don't know if fans are like all in on cam robinson and then when a guy gets paid the way he gets paid and then the first act after that is not showing up does that bother people um and, and by the way there are a myriad of reasons why I, I heard some travel issues because there are a lot of flights canceled this weekend. i heard that so um so i i heard that as, as one now I, I don't know why that would have been missing some uh, last week but still that's really where i was at. i was just curious to see if these guys, does it bother fans? Are we savvy enough now here in Jacksonville where we've seen some guys come to those, some guys not come to those? A new regime, new contract. Do some of the circumstances matter in all of that? Uh, Trevor Lawrence, by the way, looked pretty good today again. Um, I've seen a lot of tight end work. There's <laughs> a lot of tight end work. It should not surprise us. The interesting thing to me is I've been to two of the practices, and I actually wasn't there the entirety today, so the indoor portion. And... Uh, I see number 84 catching a lot of passes. That's how much the tight ends seemingly are involved. Manhurts, who's really a run-blocking guy, did catch Trevor Lawrence's first touchdown. He has had a, a lot of passes go his way in the two sessions that I've been to. It means absolutely nothing, but it's caught my attention. Nice seam pass down the middle to Dan Arnold today. I was a beauty. A couple of overthrows and misplays, too. Um, and, and another guy, I said, uh, we caught up with Travis Etienne, but he continues to look the part. You know, Etienne told me today, too, that he could have come back. He could have been there earlier, but they really wanted to make sure he's healed from this injury and the Liz Frank. And so uh, that makes sense. And, and now the Jags could reap the benefits of that. Uh, you'll hear later on. If I ask this question to you, Casey, Mm-hmm. Do you think Travis Etienne will be more impactful this year as a runner or as a pass catcher? What would your answer be? 
I would say, I, I want to say pass catcher, but I'm going to say as a runner because the James Robinson situation, we don't know the injury extent. So I'll go with runner. Yeah, I, yeah, you're going with runner, and, so, and I think that's a, probably a pretty good bet. Um, but the reason I, I wonder about that, Casey, is because last year I thought for sure he was going to make more of an impact as a pass catcher. I thought that was the way Urban was going to use him, whatever the hell Urban's offense ended up being, whatever it's supposed to be. One I good. don't know. Yeah. But if he had stayed healthy, um, I thought it was going to be as a pass catcher. But now I'm kind of with you. I think he's probably going to get the bulk of the load of the workload that is carries-wise in at least the first four to six weeks of the season while James Robinson is coming back to full health. Now, if James was here sitting next to me, he'd give me this look right now and be like, what are you talking about? I'll be ready to go. And I believe that, but I don't fully believe you're in game-ready shape coming off a big injury, and I can count on that, you know? Mm-hmm. I just think there's something to it. So um, I, I wonder if it is running and turns into pass catching. The, the funny part about this is I asked him that, and he said, uh, he's like, Stay tuned. We'll see. Oh. <laughs> so he wouldn't give us anything on it. These guys have been very coy about the playbook, both on the offensive side and the defensive side. I kind of like it. Like, I dig that. It's almost like this. they're on one page, one message from Peterson to the defensive players when we had, like, Shaq Griffin on uh, during the draft, and now the offensive guys. Like, we're not telling you, but you'll see. I do appreciate that. And I kind of like the, the, the mystery of the unknown, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, I, I like it. I think we we just kind of need something to look forward to, and the idea that it's not just going to be the basic normal stuff that it was is exciting. So, yeah, I'm with that 100%. Do you think – let's just say everybody's healthy. James Robinson's healthy. Is, is Does your answer change? Yeah. Then does ETN, even in this system, Doug Peterson's system, does he become more of a, of, of a threat? Like – should we be careful to, like, go the Darren Sproles route with the Philly connection there? And, like, Sproles never – like, it's not like he didn't run, but he hardly ran, mm-hmm. right? He was used in that third down back. Well, ETN's more than that. Like, you got to – like, he can do some of those things, but he's more than that. And he can be in every down back. I mean, look at the numbers in college. Like, he can be that guy that runs it and be the, be the number one running back. And he might beat James Robinson out for that. Who knows? I mean, I, you can tell by the way Urban was thinking he thought that was going to be the case. And so we might have, I might have been totally wrong last year. I mean, it, it might have been more of a workload running the football for ETN last year. Uh, I just kind of thought it would be, well, how could you not give the ball to James Robinson and then and showcase a little bit of the pass game? Well, that, uh, that never manifested itself because of the injury to ETN. I just wonder what it looks like with a healthy backfield and if they try to split them out, try to move them around, try to give them a, a 50-50 split. Like, what would you say? Like, Alvin Kamara, mm-hmm. is he a good example here? Yes. Because I think he's been at ETN. Maybe you can look this up, or maybe we'll come out on the other side of the break. We'll look it up. Like, what are his numbers? What's the ratio? Like, I feel like he's more dangerous to me as a pass catcher. Like, that's how I identify Kamara. Yeah. Although he's been brilliant as a runner. So, like, on me, like, I'm taking a little bit away from him. And maybe I'm taking a lot away from him. But, like, when you think of Kamara, 
Where do you think he's most dangerous? Absolutely catching the football. I think we saw Alvin Kamara at his best when Mark Ingram was in his prime to where you could give Alvin Kamara the football, throwing it to him rather than handing it off to him. You had the compliment of Ingram. I think it worked better. And we saw last year with the Saints when Jameis went out, when they figured out a way to get Kamara seven, eight, and up catches, they won football games. So I think he's more. Da- I think he's a great runner, to your point, but I think he's more dangerous catching the football for sure. Yeah, I think it's unlikely. That's why we'll do. We'll check out the numbers real quick. Probably should already know these numbers because the comparisons over the last year and a half. But it's been a long year and a half. So, um, I, I think the numbers probably skew toward yeah, ran a lot more. But I think when you start catching the ball seven times in a game as a back, it feels like you're more of a pass catcher, even if you ran it 13 times. Like, that's not a normal ratio for a running back yeah. to catch it that much. And so I think that's why our minds go a little, like our perception of it is a little different. And my perception is that he's going to impact more from a pass-catching standpoint, be dangerous as a pass-catcher, although I think he probably, at the end of the day, the numbers will show he was more productive maybe as a running back, uh, even here in Jacksonville. So we'll do a little dive on those numbers and see what Travis Etienne's role will be. We also have a bunch of other football conversations. Speaking of running backs, I think there's one guy that's, Really overrated. Oh, boy. We'll get to that topic. Toast really him, right? Overrated. Toast him. Uh, also, also saw, I also saw some an interesting... My guy, Dan Key to the City, Orlowski, oh, had a, an interesting tweet that I'm not sure I can agree with. So we'll get into that, plus a bunch more. I, I, I learned... Well, I thought of some really good ideas, I think, in baseball oh, over boy. the weekend. Uh, Does that have to do with the Trump going on? Nope. Uh, Casey has some interesting thoughts from being out on sea. That'll out at sea. Yeah, I do. That'll tell you about sports, believe it or not. Yeah, man. So uh, we got a little bit of everything today, and we're live at St. John's Golf and Country Club. Don't forget, part of the Dream 18 card Father's Day special going on now for 55 bucks. It is the best deal in town by far. If you don't have a Dream 18 card, your time is running out to get one. Action Sports Shacks Dream 18. Com. We'll be right back on ESPN 6.9. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're working working a lot of guys, you know, back there right now. I mean, this has been back there, you know, fielding some punts and, and uh, some of the younger guys, but, you know, and some of the kickoff stuff and some of our running backs with, with now with, you know, snooping here and, you know, getting him some time. But, you know, it's, it's a little early, you know, obviously. Um, you know, we're working about eight to ten guys back there between punts and kickoff returns. So, you know, um, we just got to keep that's an area that we have to improve, obviously, in, in that area. And uh, we know Jamal can handle it. Um, but at the same time, we've got to come away. You know, Christian's been back there. That is Doug Peterson, head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And eight to ten guys trying to return punts? Like, what are we doing? Listen, if you're eight to ten guys, I know you have a 90 man roster, but if you've got eight to ten guys trying to return punts, you don't have someone returning punts. <laughs> like, right. eight, eight to ten guys, like, there's, eight, there's not eight to ten guys doing anything in any position, I don't think. <laughs> well, there are, there are really. That's true. Well, and stuff, but you get my point. Let me ask you this Agnew, still on the team, mentioned him at the end of the clip. Why would anybody else do it? He did. I, I mean, I think a little bit of this is because of the the health, right? I mean, a little, um, 
you know, Jamal Agnew's not ready yet. I told you last week I saw him uh, working out and trying to get ready and, and back in shape. But he had a significant injury, and he looked good, by the way, last week when I saw him running routes. And But he was doing it on air again. Well, everybody's kind of doing it on air. Uh, he didn't have his jersey on, so he was working off to the side, if you will. And so I, I thought Agnew was... Looks looks good. So I think he'll be ready to go and all that stuff. And then he's your guy. I mean, he's really good. So yeah. he's your guy. Yeah. But out of the eight or ten, what's interesting is the name Lavisca Chenault. Which is yeah, is exactly why I played the clip. Because when I heard that, I was like, like I I'm intrigued a little bit, just a little bit. I am too. But okay, I'm a, I've been such a critic. I like Lavisca Chenault. I, I think he can be a good player, and I think this is why I'm a critic of his from last year so much, because he was really disappointed, uh, disappointing. And, uh, you know, I don't know if that was Urban. I don't know if it was the offense. I don't know if he just had a bad year. Uh, but I see potential in that guy. I do like him. I think there's some things – I think pe- more people should like him. Like, I don't think last year was LaVisca Chenault. I think the first year was more LaVisca Chenault with room to grow. And so I, I can't give a pass. i just got to acknowledge what it is, and it wasn't very good. Brent Martin, Casey Kurtz, back here at St. John's Golf and Country Club. Come on out, say hello. We'll be here until 6 o'clock uh, tonight. And then Action Sports Shacks OT right after with Casey and Brian. That returns tonight as well. And then we have the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Where are the Jumbo Shrimp, by the way, this week? Norfolk. Norfolk. Okay. Home of the Tides. Yeah, probably like one of 500 meetings with the Norfolk Tides uh, this year. And uh, they just got back from a trip to Scranton, Wilkesbury. So a two-week road trip uh, for the Jumbo Shrimp. But it, well, So here's what I say about LaVisca Chenault. LaVisca had a problem with drops. Yeah. And I think catching a punt is, like, one of the hardest things to do in sports. It's difficult. Like, I'm not kidding. Yeah. Like, I think catching a punt is something that we take for granted as a sports fan. I think if you lined up, you can tell me you're athletic. And if I put you back there to line, to catch a punt, you don't even have to run. You can fair catch it. I don't think you can do it. And I certainly don't think you, well, not just you, Thanks. I don't, like whoever, you think you're athletic, right? You just played basketball at the Y. You, you, you were an all-star this or that. You played whatever in college. Like, I don't think you can do it. And, and I'll be wrong on some of you. And I'm not, this isn't a one-time deal. Like, give me a best out of five, and I know you can't catch five. I doubt you catch three. Like, that's legit. Yeah, and add in the, the helmet. Add in the helmet. Because you can't even and, look straight uh, up if you got the helmet on. Yeah. Well, absolutely. And, and by the way, add in 10 people running That's at true. You. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So, but even if you just put it right out here at St. John's Golf and Country Club, I put you on the fairway, and I had uh, Logan Cook kick it to you, I don't think you're catching it. I don't either. I'm and, definitely not. And, and so now you're asking a guy <laughs> quite a few drops last year to maybe go return punts. Yeah, it's sketch. That part of it does seem sketch, at least it, on the surface. Like, it's a different style of catch, right? It's not like catching a pass. You got a whole different format, if you will. Maybe he's really good at it. Maybe that's it. Maybe he's not dropping punts. Like, I don't know. Maybe he just sees it better. But yeah, to your point, the drops from last year and then thinking about dropping a punt is super sketchy. Don't love it. But if you could catch it, I do love the idea of him running with the football because that's obviously the thing he's done best since he's been here. Once he has the ball in his hands, to run around. Well, what's also interesting, though, it's just an odd thing, okay? He dropped passes probably more than anybody last year. But then on top of that, he's not a burner. Like, no, that's not his game. Like, he can break tackles. It's really hard to tackle him. 
but like he's not. Uh, you think of punt returners, and you think guys that are quick, right, and yeah. fast, and and can yeah can escape people. Not guys that can just break tackles. Like I don't know. He's an odd. I I think by the way the story is he went to them and said hey if I can help I'll help I'll be glad to help and boom he's working out there and so that's fine like I appreciate that and maybe he'll be very good I'm just thinking like the tea leaves wouldn't add up to me like hey let's try Lavisca here yeah I think that's kind of an odd play um, but it's what you do this time of year as well and, and Jamal Jamal Agnew hopefully he's back and can be the guy in the return game uh, in general because obviously he gave the Jags uh, some highlights uh, there last year. Hey, if I ask you, mm-hmm. most overrated player in the NFL, it's never just one answer here, right? Sure. Um, I saw a quote today about a running back, and I was like, really? And, I mean, his teammates said it, so, like, I get that. But I've hammered this guy. Like, I, and, and I don't even not like the guy. And it's never was on my fantasy team, so it's got nothing related to that. And by the way, we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, so anyway, before I get to my guy. Yep. Who do you think of, like, most overrated? Oh, I think, I mean, my mind, obvi- I mean, not obviously, but uh, automatically, I should say, goes to the quarterback position. Um and it's ironic because I know where you're going, but I think when I think of overrated, the first person I think of is Dak Prescott. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty interesting. I thought you were going to go like a guy like Kirk Cousins, who I, I think a lot of people would say that. I think, I think Kirk gets – the contract is huge, which is obviously a problem for Kirk, but I think Kirk's underrated. Like everyone – you like take the shot at Kirk, but he's okay. Like granted – That's he, interesting. I would not expect that. If you had asked me – What's Casey going to think? He'll be, I'll be like, oh, yeah, put him in the overrated camp. Like, he'll hate Cousins. Really? Yeah, I just, I mean, I just figured you would. But. I mean, he's he's not great, obviously, but I think I think he gets a lot of hate for being decent is how I'll put it. Well, by the way, I agree with you. And, and I just saw a stat today. I forget who tweeted it out. Twitter's amazing for these stats, by the way. They, they help you. They help out. Sports really talk do. radio sometimes. Yeah. I think it said seasons with over 3,500 yards passing and 25 touchdowns. Yeah. Active seasons, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Gosh, would that make sense, though? Like, how would Brady not be on this? So I don't – whatever the context was, you get the idea. And he had seven to lead the way. Kirk Cousins, the next closest was four. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, that. Uh, oh, you I, found that? Not the stat. I'm looking at Kirk Cousins' stats. Oh. Okay. So, like, comparing what you just said, yes, that is correct. He's last year he threw for 4,200 yards, 33 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. Like, that's pretty his, good. <laughs> his numbers have been legit, man. I mean, his numbers have been absolutely terrific. Even when, you know, what's crazy. Remember the guy who was uh, who was our offensive coordinator for a minute, then went to Chicago with Foles. D. Filippo. D. Filippo, yeah. Well, DiFilippo got fired because he didn't run the ball enough. Did you see the stats with Cousins? He had like 70% passing over 4,000 yards and, I don't know, 30-something touchdowns. 33, yep. And DiFilippo got fired. Yeah, that's, t- <laughs> that's tough. <laughs> because he didn't run the ball enough, I guess. Like, Well, when you got Dalvin Cook, like I understand. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's well, a weird thing. Would he have had Cook at that time? Would that have been uh, that year? He might have. He might have. I think so. Um trying to find this stat. I'll just give you the context of the stat, but I, I, I... Oh, here it is. Yeah, I did find it. Well done. Longest active streak of season. So it's an active streak. That's what it is. 
Brady only has two. Herbert, two. He just got in the league. Stafford, two. Josh Allen, two. Aaron Rodgers, four. Patrick Mahomes, four. Kirk Cousins, seven. 3,500 yards passing, 25 pass touchdowns. He's done it seven years in a row. And for context there, those are the he's only been a starter for seven years. So he's <laughs> never done it. Never not done it. He's never not done it, yes. It's amazing. All right, so anyway, so Kirk Cousins I thought would be on people's list here. He's not on mine. He's not on yours, surprisingly. Well done. Uh, Look at us. The, so on my list, I keep messing around with the camera here on the Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. The sun keeps coming in and out on me here. But uh, I saw a quote today from your guy, Dak Prescott. Oh, boy. It said, if Ezekiel Elliott is healthy, I think he's the best back in the league. And by the way, that's good teammate stuff. That's cool. Like, I'm fine with that. But I, and again, Zeke's like a fun character. Like, I don't have anything against Zeke. Like, there's no, I don't, not like the Cowboys. Like, there's, there's nothing there for me. I think he's the most overrated player in the game. I don't even think he should be their starting running back. Wow. I mean, listen, I, I can go with you on the overrated stuff, right? He hasn't, he's been okay. He's been good when he is healthy. I'll agree, but not the best running back in the league by far. Uh, I'm not going to take it that far and say that he shouldn't start. I think he's when he when he's out there and healthy, he's okay. I know Tony Pollard had a good year, but hey, if you want to take it that far, more power to you. Yeah, I mean, don't you think Pollard's more productive than him? Is it just health? Like, are every is everything health related with Zeke? I mean, no, I'm not going to say all that because there are times when you know it, it. It seems like far too often you look down and Zeke has 12 carries for 36 yards, and then he'll break one. I think with Pollard though. For me, at least, I think Pollard excels because he's completely different than Zeke, right? Zeke's going to run in between the tackles, and Pollard's going to run outside the tackles. So I think they complement each other well, or at a minimum, Pollard gets extremely uh, benefited by Zeke and the change of pace and all that. But last year, you, you are right, and Pollard was extremely effective last year and uh, at least gave them something to consider going forward. Yeah, I I mean, I... <laughs> Honestly, think I think the I've said this before, and I think the Cowboys would be better off moving on from. First of all, Jerry Jones was right; should never paid him. Secondly, I think if they moved on from him, they'd be a better football team. I think he gets in the way of their psyche and what they want to be. Like I've I've actually hinted at this, of course, that the Yankees went on or won a lot, but uh, so far this season they've been very good. And Stanton right now is out of the lineup. But I've said the same about Stanton. I think there are just some players, yeah, the productivity can be very good. The talent can be very good. But you rely on it to the degree that you're not sure if you're going to get it enough. And I think that's a dangerous thing in sports. I think it's a dangerous thing in any line of work, really. Mm-hmm. I think one of the, big, the best traits you can have as a human being is uh, at that from a work standpoint is for people to know what they're going to get each and every day. And honestly, yeah, maybe a, a lot of it might be health-related with Zeke. But I don't think you know what you're getting yeah. with him. And, and you, But you have to rely on it because you're paying him so much money. It's like Stanton with the Yankees. That's what I say. It's like you're paying him to produce for him to hit these mammoth home runs, but you don't know which, which part of the season he's going to go three weeks and never get out and three weeks and never touch the baseball. That's a great point. Like, never. And so I think it's really hard to rely on any. If you don't, that's, I think it's the worst thing as a coach is to not know what you're going to get out of a, per, a player. Even if they have deficiencies and weaknesses, you know what they are. That's fine. And you're going to probably see it every day. There might be an outlier here or there. But 
there's a consistency to their traits. I don't think there's consistency to guys like Ezekiel Elliott and, and, and for this conversation, a guy like Stanton. And so, uh, I'm, again, I'm, I think a lot of people want Ezekiel Elliott on their roster because they see the physical talent. But what do you rely on? I'm telling you, I think they'd be better off just going with Pollard and saying this is what we got. We got receivers and we got Dak and we're going to throw it all over the yard and blah, 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 and, and, and forget about Zeke. Again, that's why I, Jerry Jones was correct. He got – he almost <laughs> – hard to say Jerry Jones got bullied, but it feels like he got bullied into making that deal. Yeah. And, and he, he got – it's not really bullied into it. It's like you have to. When you have good players and they look good, you don't want to let them walk. That's a problem around here in Jacksonville. We've let too many good players walk when we when you do get them. And so you got to be careful of that. But team like the Patriots don't sign Ezekiel Elliott, I don't think. No. Team like the Ravens don't sign Ezekiel Elliott. No, I think. And those guys win. Yeah, to your point, though, I mean, with the health thing, I think you're making a good point now because last year, 17 games for Zeke, 237 yards, or two, sorry, 237 carries. 1,002 yards only, but he did score 10 touchdowns. So yeah, really? Yeah, I think what it comes down to with Zeke... doesn't even feel that much. I mean, what what it comes down to with Zeke and Pollard is Zeke's your guy that's going to get the goal line carries. And if you want to move on from Zeke or do something, you have to bring in a guy that can do that. And yeah. it kind of goes back to Kamara and uh, Mark Ingram, like I was saying in the first segment. Like, I'm not sitting here telling you that Tony Pollard is Alvin Kamara, but he might be if you keep using him in this format by catching the football. So I think Zeke is valuable at the goal line, but to your point, just over 1,000 yards last year is is not cutting it for his salary and what you drafted him for, I guess. Yeah, I got some interesting comments on the Zeke front. I didn't know this would get this much attention. I just was thinking of it when I saw the tweet, but Adam says, I totally agree, Zeke most overrated for offense, J.J. Watt for defense. Listen, J.J. Watt now is overrated, but he I'm not sure he was before. But he is now. Like, the Arizona version of J.J. Watt, he's just a guy, in my estimation. Uh, Tony says Pollard is a lot better and quicker. Uh, Adam also says Clowney. Clowney, I'm not sure he's super overrated, though. He's not getting paid like he's overrated. I mean, he can't even find himself a contract, like a big one. He's going to get an incentive-laden deal, even with Cleveland. Uh, Jags Megafan says, yeah, Zeke took that money and ran with it. Not down the field, but to the bank. <laughs> That's pretty <laughs> That's good. good one. Um, Tony also says, almost like if the Jags – this is a good comparison. If the Jags paid Fournette, they would have had to play him over Robinson when you're both productive in their own way. One is $70 million le- less. And that's exactly the point. Yeah. Like, when you pay the guy, you got to play the guy. Yeah. You know, absolutely. And I think, I think just in general, I, I hate to say it because I like when people get paid. Don't get me wrong, but – you can't really pay the running back position like that. No. There's just uh, too many guys that can do it at such a high level. Well, that's what, yeah. You, you can get a guy to go get one or two yards from the goal line. True. I mean, Carlos Hyde could go play for the Cowboys and probably do that. It's serious. I know Carlos Hyde isn't like the people love him around here, but he's done that in his career. Like, he could be the goal line guy for, for the Cowboys sure. with Pollard and paying him a lot less money. So. Yeah. Um, That's anyway. why the Saints brought Ingram back. I mean, Camaro was a little hurt, but it was the same thing. Yeah, by the way, when we do, I know I, I promise this, but we will get it. I, I do want to look up those Camaro numbers as yeah. it relates to ETN. Uh, so we'll get that. We're going to take a break. We're live at St. John's Golf and Country Club. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN at 690. Talk more football. Uh, and how about the fantasy football thing? Like, I'm not sure we'll have enough time to get into it in this next segment, but we got to go there in a bit. Because, oh, yeah. I mean, you're fresh off the boat missing all that stuff. 
Yeah, I, I, listen, on the cruise. I tell you what, I've never felt more disconnected from life. Didn't buy the Wi-Fi, yeah. right? Uh, that's crazy, man. I don't <laughs> know how you do that. I, bro, I was chilling, I tell you what. But then uh, even non-sports-related stuff, obviously some horrible stuff happened uh, just in the uh, world. Yeah. And when you find that stuff out, like after a week, I, it was like a, a whirlwind. With everything yeah. that happened, I was like, holy cow. I, you never feel – I didn't realize I was so disconnected until I was. Yeah, unplugged for sure. Uh, all right, we'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Uh, we'll wrap up the ETN thought from earlier in the show because we'll get some numbers on Camara. Um, and then this fantasy football thing's wild. I do have some baseball thoughts uh, and, and something about Tampa and Orlando. Orlando one might surprise you. you got hmm. that coming up on ESPN 690. St. John's County once again today down at St. John's Golf and Country Club. Uh, make sure you check out the Dream 18 card, Action Sports Shacks, Dream18.com for discounted golf. And also while you're down in St. John's County, maybe after you play a round of golf and you're sore like I was this weekend, gosh, it's amazing how sore I'm getting playing golf and I was screaming for iCryo so I could jump in that cryotherapy chamber and feel better. Or maybe it's the sauna or maybe it's the red light therapy or compression. I could use it all after this weekend. That's how old I'm getting when you get tired playing golf and sore playing golf. I cryo at St. John's County Pavilion at Durban Park. Hopefully you got a chance to check out their Flash Memorial Day sale over the weekend. Uh, if you haven't checked out I cryo yet, make sure you do so. Specials just about every day, every month, and get the latest deal going at iCryo. Make sure you download the app, uh, the iCryo app as well. Uh, St. John's County, just about five weeks into business. Uh, come see us. The whole family down there loves to go to iCryo. So maybe we'll run into you at iCryo and the Pavilion at Durban Park. Brent Martin along with Casey Kurtz here on a Tuesday. Good to be back with you. Kind of a long weekend. Uh, we took Thursday, Friday off last week, and then Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So it's been a bit as, uh, well, it's that time of year, right? Uh, we can catch up on some things and some family events uh, coming up. But uh, we got you covered three to six today. Uh, and the rest of the week with Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Then Action Sports Shacks OT tonight at 6 o'clock with Casey and Brian Middleton right into the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Back at it here on a Tuesday after a Monday off. They'll be up in Norfolk. All right, uh, early in the show, we're, we're talking about Travis Etienne. Uh, will he make a bigger impact on this football team running the ball, or will it be pass catching? And I think that could change from last year. Could also change on how you believe the health of James Robinson will be. But... We bring up Alvin Kamara, and in our estimation, I think Casey and I both agree on this, that we look at Kamara and we're like, I feel like he's more of a pass catcher, like he's a dangerous pass catcher. Mm -hmm. Now, as you know in fantasy, he can do both. He can do a little everything, gets a lot of touches. That's why him and Christian McCaffrey are sought after in the fantasy football world. Like, ETN could maybe become that guy. Right now, maybe in the way of becoming that guy, is James Robinson's productivity, quite frankly, because you want him on the field too. You want him touching the ball as well. So, Casey, before we uh, head to the top of the hour, give me some numbers on Kamara through the years. How distorted is it, running the ball versus pass catching? Yeah, it's interesting. I'll tell you a couple things that are kind of weird that you probably wouldn't believe. He's never ran for 1,000 yards or more in his career at any point in time. As high as his 932, and that yeah. came last year, so I thought that was interesting. But uh, this year was the first year he carried the football more than 200 times. 240 to be exact most of his career and he played in the least amount of games he's ever played in his career he only played in 13 this year he's also never played a full season so we're learning all about Alvin Kamara but the point is the first year without Mark Ingram until they brought him back midseason he had his most carries ever 240 the previous years he had carries of 187 
171 uh, for 932 and then 797 on the yards. In the catch department, uh, this year was his career low because, again, he had to run the ball more, 47 catches. But in the past, he's had 80 or more catches in every single season of his career. Wow. Okay, so we're looking at a little more than a 2-to-1 ratio. Think about a guy that runs the rock. Like that, that not Derrick Henry is a little different. Who would you say like is a um, Jonathan about, Taylor? Jonathan Taylor, that's a good one. What did Jonathan Taylor have last year? Runs versus pass catching, if you don't mind, he, because I think you just said something that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. We think Alvin Kamara, and I do too. I, when remember when he was on the trade block, block I was like, oh, yeah, oh, that could be good. Well, I like him a lot. I think he's dangerous, but he he hasn't ran for a thousand yards. What is what a stat that is. It's interesting, right? If, if you said Alvin Kamara has not run for 1,000 yards, people would think you're crazy. I know. I didn't believe and, it either. But it's his total yardage. It's his line from uh, yards from scrimmage. It's his, it's his touches. It's his catches. It's how he's impacting the game. And he's doing that in a big-time way. Now, do you have uh, Taylor mm-hmm. so, last year? Yeah, so last year Taylor carried it 332 times because he was there a whole offense because, you know, Carson Wentz. Uh, and he had 40 catches. I'll tell you. The year before, before he went off and went crazy, he had 232 carries and had 36 catches. So it's but, pretty much similar. But that's kind of the norm, right? I mean, that's yeah. more the norm. And now keep in mind, James Robinson had a ton of catches his first year. Had a ton of them. Because he was the whole offense, yeah. He was basically the whole offense. And so, but that's not James. Like, James isn't going to project that way in his career. Yeah, James, so, that first year, had uh, 50 catches and 240 attempts. Like, that's a lot of catches for James, I believe. Mm-hmm. But ETN is going to be more 200-carry guy, 65-catch guy, don't you think? Yeah. I yeah. mean, you said Kamara has, like, around 200, 180, something like that. Yep. But he catches, like, 80 a year. Now, that was with Drew Brees. So I'm not even going to say he's going 80 a year. I say he has a touch more carries than Kamara, but I think he probably has like 65 catches. Yeah. And And that's going to be his annual intake, I think, or output. And this is the number for Kamara the last two years. His total touches, 270, and then last year, 287. Yeah, I like that, though. See, that's cool. Like, again, when I say pass catcher, from a running back position, it doesn't mean the numbers are going to be more, but the feel of it is. Kamara is a great example of it, and I think ETN's going to feel more that guy than he is Jonathan Taylor, James Robinson. You know, Christian McCaffrey kind of is is in the Kamara boat. I don't know what his numbers say, but I bet they're similar. Probably less catches than Kamara is my guess, uh, but that might also be an offense thing, too. He didn't have Drew Brees throwing to him. Hey. Real quick, how about this one? Austin Eckler, a guy we know for catching the football, 206 carries, 70 catches. There you go. That's ATN. That's ATN stat line for hopefully the next seven or eight years in Jacksonville. And that can be really good because you're bringing up some guys that are really good. And they're also going to want to get them on fantasy football. Yeah. Kind of fantasy football. Did this really happen? Did it really happen or were you dreaming on the, on the cruise? I've been wondering that, to be honest. We're live for St. John's Golf and Country Club, and we're talking – what are you doing, Tommy Fam? when we come back on ESPN 690?
Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big. 